0: Thank you so much for being here, and for those who are online, thank you so much for tuning in. Glad that you guys are tuning in and glad that you guys are here we 're just excited to be able to worship together and we 're also excited to be able to open up the word together and we 're going through the book of first John and as we are going through the book of First John, um, the author explains us uh, explains to us why he wrote the book whenever John writes a book, he even explains why he wrote it. When he wrote the book of John, he explained that I write this so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's why he wrote the book of John. So he asked the question, why did he write the book of 1 John? And at the end of the book, on chapter 5, he says, I write this so that you know you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I mean, I added a few words in there. It says, I write this so you know that you have eternal life is the exact words in John 5. But... So what these five chapters are is it's just disclosing to us um, when we believe what is really taking place to us. Uh, when we believe, when we swallow the gospel, I mean, in a sense, um, what is happening in our lives and even what are we swallowing. And that's what we're looking at for the next 12 weeks. Um, trying to understand, you know, when we receive the gospel, what, what is it like to, to embrace the gospel? What's gonna happen? And there's no new information. Book of John, 1st John is no new information. You might have received the gospel, you know, you know, 20 years ago. And, and this just might be a complete enlightenment. It's like, yeah, all of a sudden, this is what happens when I receive, this is what when I believe God, and this is what's taking place. And so we're just working through those, those, uh, senses of what happens when we receive, um, the gospel so that we can know whether we believe or not rather than just embrace something that doesn't even exist. Number one, believers. What do they do? Believers walk in the light. Believers walk in the light. just want to read the passage. To read the passage, we'll work through it. 1 John 1, 5-7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. All the way through the Bible, uh, God is describing, um, uh, something that's beyond our mind, because he's divine. He's the one that has created the world. And, and so he's explaining himself, and it's so far beyond our logical minds, that he gives us um, statements called metaphorical statements that give, allow us to relate to him, allow us to understand him, allow us to even understand ourself. So all the way through the Bible, you get these metaphorical statements, like here's a metaphorical statement, you are the salt of the earth. Um, if I was going to preach in a sermon about you are the salt of the earth, the first thing I would do is not open up the Bible. First thing I'd do is open up salt, <laughs> and study salt. Well, what is salt? Because he just connected me with salt. What is he talking about? And after I figure out what salt is, why did he use salt? You know, and, and so you look back and to the age, you know, just I'd be asking the questions, well, what is salt for? And what does salt do? Well, salt preserves things and salt enhances flavor. And so my sermon would be, you know, what happens when you receive the gospel, I'll tell you that it enhances the flavor to this world, and we need to give the flavor of what we were designed and created to be to this world, if I was going to talk about salt. And also, the other thing, it does, it preserves things. We need to preserve goodness. We need to preserve grace. We need to preserve everything that is good, everything that is healthy. And so, I mean, that just makes a bad statement. You're the salt of the earth. He makes a whole bunch of other ones. The body of Christ which would be the church sheep shepherd tree fruit tares wheat see how he's using these things that we understand and he's connecting them to us and then he makes things about himself and he makes statements about himself and whenever he makes statement about himself and we're trying to grasp this this god and we're trying to grasp jesus christ so we try to grasp when he starts to use words like metaphorical statements i am the bread of life what is he talking about? I am, I'm am the source of life. And I can go on and on and preach another sermon. I gotta be careful here because this is not my sermon. I am the door. Same thing. Metaphorical statement. Explaining. I am a good shepherd. You study a shepherd. You see how a shepherd works. Well, this has given us an understanding of how God works when he makes these statements. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the vine. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm life. Metaphorical statements that give us an understanding of what the divine looks like. And then there's one called, I am the light. I am the light of the world. I would say that if there is one metaphorical statement in the Bible that um, um, is on steroids, I don't know how you explain it, but it's one just passionate metaphorical statement. It's like, I am the light of the world. Because it encompasses so much. In fact, it encompasses so much that John is using it all the way through his book of John and then right I mean, we're just right at the beginning chapters. I mean, we're just on the third point, and he's already using this light metaphor again. So, of course, as we look at this passage, we want to know two things. Number one, what is light and darkness, because they're mentioned in the passage, and how to walk in the light, because that's a verb that's driving us. That's the answer we want to know. I don't want to be a liar according to this. I want to know how to walk. Tell me how to walk in the light. So let's look at what is light and darkness. Number two, light and darkness are realms, kingdoms. When you start hearing the word light, you start seeing it being connected with many things. In our passage, you see God is light. And what's he saying? I am light. He's not saying, if you want to note this, he's not saying, I am a light. He's just saying the statement, I am light. I'm not a light. No. Period. I am light. Somebody else used the word, I am light too. Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Now we can connect this pretty easy because you have God and you have Jesus and you have the Trinity. God is light and Jesus is the light of the world. But then Matthew explains, you are the light of the world as well. Whoa. Well, you're the light of the world? Meaning I'm the light of the world? And then they also talk about children of the light. Walk in the light light of righteousness. You see this word light is just used in so many different cases and so many different scenarios. What is, what is he talking about when it comes to light? Well he's talking about, there is a, a kingdom and the kingdom is light. And then there's a kingdom of darkness. Now, if you have a kingdom, you have to have two things. You have to have a king and you have to have a dome. <laughs> it's a dome. <laughs> you have a king. Now we know what a king is. A king is the one that's ruler, but you are not ruler of absolutely anything unless you have a dome, a domain. So that's what kingdom means. King, and then you have a domain. And if you have a domain, you can be the king. Well, God says, I am light, and this is my kingdom. And what is my domain is light. It's kingdom. It's a realm. You see, what happens is when we accept God as our Savior, we don't just accept God so we get into heaven. A lot of people go. I just want to get into heaven, you know, when I die. No, when we accept Jesus Christ, what are we doing? We're moving from one kingdom to the next kingdom. Because when we are born, we are born in our sin. We are born into darkness. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we are moving from darkness to what? An entirely new, different kingdom. An entirely new, different kingdom. You live in a kingdom of darkness when you're born, and you move into a kingdom of light. When you receive Christ, Colossians 1, 12. giving thanks to Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light, for He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His Son. He loves Acts twenty six eighteen, to open their eyes and turn them and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. You see the King. There's two different kings that are taking place. God is a king of light, but there's also a king of the darkness, according to this passage. And who's that? It's Satan, pulling us from Satan to himself. 2 Corinthians 4. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The God of this world in this passage is who? It says, it says Satan. It says Satan is, is is the God of this world. When we are born, we are born in our flesh. And what is he doing? He's trying to keep our eyes, what, blinded so we don't transfer into the kingdom of light. He's trying to blind us every single way he possibly can so we don't transform into the kingdom of light after we receive the gospel. 1 Peter two nine, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness, Into this wonderful light. Whenever you see the word light in the Bible, just think about that. There's a realm. There's a kingdom. And in this passage that we read in 1st John, we know who the king is. He doesn't say, I am a light. He says, I am light. I am king of this kingdom of light. The other thing we need to know about light and darkness is number three. Light brings life. Darkness brings death. Jonathan Edwards did a study and what it meant that Christ, when Christ says, I am the light of the world, and he, he studied light, and he came up with three different things that light does and connected it um, to, um, uh, to Christ in what he does as well. So there's some things that light does. Uh, what does light do? Light brings life through illumination. Light brings life through illumination. After I get back from an event, I usually talk about it in my sermon because I have a whole bunch of sermon analogies. And I just was hiking for a solid month and, and uh, um, hiked the state of Oregon on the Pacific Crest Trail. I went 500 miles. And, and uh, as I hike, you know, all these stories start to, to come alive. And I do have a story in particular about the last day I went hiking. Last day I went hiking, I hiked 30 miles. And after I hiked 30 miles, I had 25 left. And I was really pushing it hard because, you know, I was tired of sleeping on an air mattress that did, had no air in it. So we'll put it that way. And so I thought, well, I called my daughter because she was going to pick me up. And I said, can you pick me up at uh, tomorrow evening? And she said, no, I can't. She says I'm doing something. Well, I go, what about mom? She said, no, mom can't pick you up either because she's doing something with me. But we can pick you up the next day. And I said, I'm going to hike 25 miles. I'll be done and I'll have to sleep on this air mattress with no air again. I said, what time can you pick me up? She said, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So I look at the time, I think I have 25 miles to get there before 1 o'clock, meaning that I had to hike in the middle of the night uh, for a part of the time. So I, you know, 10 o'clock, I had a little headlamp on, and uh, I fell asleep at 10 o'clock, pitched ten, fell asleep, then I woke up at 1.30 to hike out the rest of the night. When you hike in the night, um, you have a headlamp, and people go, well, I wonder um, about all these critters that are probably walking around you. Well, don't worry, because if there's a critter out there, you actually get to see them. And the way you get to see them is that, for some reason, when your headlamp goes and those eyes look at you, they, like, shine like a little flashlight that is out there. So you see all the little critters when you walk in the middle of the night. Now, you cannot identify the critters, and you can't even identify their eyes, because it's just like one little tiny flashlight, you know, as as they're shining. So I'm walking in the middle of the night, and I can see right in front of me, but then I can see any little critters that are out there. And, and two years ago, <laughs> I ran into a mountain lion. And uh, the way that I ran at the mountain lion, I tell you, they got the biggest eyes you can possibly imagine. And uh, as soon as your flashlight, or your headlamp hits that, their eyes just—they just shine. And I didn't even know what it was, you know. So I just kept on walking. And uh, and then he, he went down up on the trail, and I walked right practically on top of him. And there was not only eyes, there was a whole body in view then. And I'm like, ah, this is not good. So just in that story, I stopped because that's what you do when you see a mountain lion you stop and you get away i quietly walked away and i went back to camp fell asleep in my tent did not do that again until this year i did it again so then i start walking down this trail and i was out on the trail for about an hour And then i noticed two lights it was almost like two animals were like hunkered down right next to the trail in the area that i was going and, um, so as I look at these lights, you can't see what they, you can't see what they are. You just know that they're, they're animals. And, um, and I'm like, this isn't good. And the reason why I said it wasn't good is because they are big, a <laughs> bear eyes, you know, they're smaller, you know, but these guys, these guys were big and they were shining. And I'm like, you know, they say that mountain lions come out in the middle of the night, but I didn't know they come out this much. I'm sorry. That's just the way I was thinking. And so I kept on looking, said, are they going to move? They're sitting there, and they just kept on staring right at me. And um, as I looked down, I said, well, i got to do something. I'm just standing here as a sitting duck. So I grabbed a hold of a stick, and I threw a stick as hard as I could, and it landed right in between them. And they didn't even move. They just sat there and just just stared me down. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what in the world? I'm not going to stand here all night, so what I'll do is I'll approach them slowly, because if they're not going to move when I throw a stick at them, they might not move when I walk past them. So sure enough, I walked nice and slow and slow, and I got close enough to see exactly what they were. And you know what they were? They're two reflectors on a tent that was pitched with some people that were sleeping in the tent. And and when I looked at that, I said, well, we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. It's pitch black out here. And these people are already thinking there's critters in the night, and I just got through attacking them with a stick. So I did what what would anybody would do is without a logical explanation. I just kept my mouth shut, hike down the trail, <laughs> and they probably never camp again. But I I just kept going. I would tell you that I did feel guilty for about ten minutes, and then I thought, who in the right mind would put reflectors on a tent? I mean, I could have had a heart attack. But anyway, when you walk in the night, your reality comes into your mind, and you start thinking, well, this is the way it is. But when it's dark outside, you don't really know the way it is. What happens when you become a Christian and you enter into the light, the kingdom of the light, you start living in reality. In fact, illumination starts to take place and you start to understand things that nobody else understands. What do you mean understand things that nobody else understands? What you do is you start looking at the world through the eyes of a creator. When you accept Jesus Christ, all of a sudden you know how it created. You The first chapter of Genesis explains to us how the world is created. So when you go up in the hills, you're not looking at something that might have just happened by chance, something you can't figure out. You start looking at the mind, the personality, the artistic ability of God, the creator. You're walking to a whole brand new kingdom when you accept Jesus Christ. There's a complete illumination that should change everything about how you view this world. It's not the only thing. You look at life with a purpose. See, what happens is that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, all of a sudden have a purpose, and it's not a purpose that only exists on this world. It opens up your mind to an entirely new purpose that exists beyond this world into eternity, that everything you do here on this earth turns into something that is going to take place even in eternity. Everything you do matters. Everything you don't do matters. You just walked into a kingdom of light, and you understand that. If somebody that's in darkness and and you ask them, well, what is their purpose? And you'll get a different answer to every person you ask that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ. But when you ask somebody who accepted Jesus Christ, what is your purpose? My purpose is a, is to go to heaven and take everybody I can with me. You see, what's taking place is my eyes are just opened up to a whole new world when you receive Christ. You don't just receive christ just to go to heaven just for the fun of it no you receive christ and you enter into this kingdom that brings illumination illumination of what <laughs> we know how this world ends those who have not accepted christ as their savior and jesus not their king of kings and lord of lords they do not know how this world is going to end we know how it's going to end you just open up the book of revelation open up the book of revelation i tell you what god wins I mean, God wins. There's a tribulation and Jesus is coming and all the graves are going to split wide open and there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. You see, there's an entire illumination that is given to us. You know, we live in this world and everybody talks about, if we can just have world peace, world peace. Well, we've got to elect this person if we are going to have world peace. We've got to elect this person if we have world peace. We've got to do something. What do we got to do with world peace? Well, I'll tell you that answer. Is unanswerable to anybody. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it cannot be answered to anybody that does not know Christ. But it just shouts from the pages of Scripture that when you accept Christ, is completely to us of why the world is going in, of, of, of how to have world peace. That's all located under one word. That's three letters: sin. If you can deal with that one sin issue, world peace will be taken care. of. In fact. If I had sin completely out of my life, my wife had complete sin out of our life, we'd be living on heaven. Because that's what takes place. It's that one monster of sin that annihilates everything because it fuels in us and destroys us. Relationships, everything that is out there. So Christ comes and what does he do? He deals with the one thing that will give us world peace. And what is it? He's going to deal with that sin. And he says it will be completely and entirely cleaned up when I come in the very end. And when it is cleaned up, I'm gonna, it's going to be called heaven. And that's what's going to take place. Absolute world peace. You see what happens? We don't know this if we live in darkness. When we accept Christ, our eyes are completely open to it. And, of course, it's a growing process as well. Because once we, our eyes are open to it, we're living in this new world, this new kingdom. And we got the Bible. We can study it and watch it unfold as we consistently read it. So an unsaved person lives in darkness. Ask what purpose? He doesn't know what it is. Isn't this like an important question? I mean, Francis, if I asked, hey, do you want to spend Monday with me? Spend all day with me tomorrow. Do you know what Francis would tell me? He'd ask me a question. What's the purpose? <laughs> I don't want to just get rid of a whole day and hang out with you for no purpose. What's the purpose? You won't even spend a day with me until I give you the purpose. Then I give you the purpose. You might say yes, you might say No. But yet, somebody that is living in darkness can't even answer the question of what the purpose is in their entire life. They can't do it. But that living in light, or living in um, um, God's kingdom of light gives us a purpose, it gives us meaning. How the world is going, how the world is going to end, how the world started, what needs to happen to have peace in this world. You're moving into, into an entirely new kingdom when you accept Jesus Christ. The other thing that... Um, uh, light brings is light brings joy and death brings oppression if light brings joy and darkness is classified under satan that he's trying to destroy what's he going to do he's going to get rid of the joy that he can possibly do but light is beautiful it is pleasant to behold it agrees with the eyes therefore it agrees with emotion and we want it we want it we want it Darkness is dreadful, is lonely, no activity, no life, no joy. What kingdom do you want to embrace? If you embrace Christ, your soul is literally delighting in him. Your soul is delighting in the death, burial, and resurrection because it's given you a new life. It's given you something that your heart has longed for, something your heart desires, something that your heart needs. But those who are, refuse Christ spend their entire life trying to find that one thing that will light their life up and we can see the rich even destroy themselves in the process because it does not light them light them up the other thing light does is light causes life through growth light is what started this world if you look in first um, if you look in genesis You'll see that the uh, creation started, and and what's the first thing that takes place? Light was created. And um, when you look at um, life, you see something that is going to be created, sustained, and something that is going to grow. And light has to exist if that's going to happen. If you go into darkness, what are you going to see? You're going to see death, wet, lonely, lost. You know, I was thinking about things I used to do when I was young. And one of the things that I used to do in Gold Beach is we'd find all these caves that we can go into. And we'd find these caves, we'd go as deep as we possibly can. It was just so thrilling to us to go into deep caves. And you know what was down there? Number one, it was cold. It was wet. It was dark. It was lonely. And I looked at my life and said, you know, I don't go into caves anymore. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not thrilling. And you know why? Because they're all the same. In fact, there's no creatures in there. There's no animals in there. There's absolutely nothing in there. Everything is dead. So once you do it once into one cave, you, you, you've, been in them all. you've been into them all because of the loneliness that takes place there. I went motorcycle riding um, on Friday and then came back on Saturday right in time, got home right in time to preach. And um, I I go with somebody I should not go with. And the reason why is because he is really, really, really good. And he is connected To probably some of the best people that even ride motorcycles, and and if you ride motorcycles, you you know what I'm talking about. But we went to the Gifford Pinchot Wilderness in Washington, and I tell you those trails are extreme, up, hard, fast, rocks, roots, throttle wide open. Because if you don't, (laughs) you can't get up it, and if you do, you flip over coming backwards. I mean, it's just it's just as nasty as could be. I think the only reason he invites me is because I haven't died yet, so he keeps on inviting me to see if he's yeah. Anyway, but. Yesterday, there's this one trail in particular. It's two miles up. This nasty, 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 nasty trail. And, and there's no warning sign when you get to the top. All of a sudden you get to the top and it's just like this peak that just overlooks the entire, the entire wilderness. So here you're flying up this trail and as soon as you get up there, there's uh, you know, I was in the last, so there was other bikes that were already up there. They were right there on the top in my way so I couldn't go one step further because if I go one step further, I'd be off a cliff with 2,000-foot 2000, <laughs> 2000 cliff. So I just, boom, stopped. But as I got there, Mount Rainier was sitting right in my face. I looked to the right. Mount Adams was sitting on the other side. And then I looked to the left right behind me, and then you have Mount St. Helens. Then you look back over and you got Mount Hood. Just on this peak is absolutely gorgeous. The light was lighting everything up. And I tell you, when the light lights everything up, I tell you, it starts lighting me up. What's taking place is there is growth, there's beauty, there's strength, there's glory. What happens is light brings that. Light does not bring death whatsoever, it brings growth, it brings beauty, it brings strength christian when you receive god this one thing that happens to them is, is they grow because they're moving into a whole new kingdom and to go into this kingdom of light and to understand what you are literally living in it's, it's it's almost impossible not to be there for 20 years and not have one ounce of growth in this process but that's a whole nother sermon walking down but just wanted to make that statement what does light do it brings growth when the sin comes up going to grow. When it goes down, things do not. So we're to ask the big question. Well, I want to walk in the light. How do you walk in the light? There's this entire kingdom about the light. Light brings illumination. Light brings joy. Light brings growth. Just give me a simple step of how to walk in this light, if this is something you're, the Word is asking us to do. So just to make it as simple or wrapped up as we possibly can, number four, walking in the light is walking in such a way ...that puts life in you. Walking in the light... ...is walking in such a way... ...that puts life in you. And I just want to unfold what this means... ...because this is what you should do... ...if you want to walk in the light. Number one... ...embrace salvation. (laughs) You haven't even started. I don't want to be too aggressive here... ...but if you have not received Christ... ...as your personal Savior you have not started to be able to grasp the entire concept of what you were created for. You're not able to see the vision and the, the meaning of your life, the purpose of your life. You're not able to even understand the, the, the way that things are created. You can go and say, well, yeah, things are created through science, and, and it, it's a theory. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even pull things together like the gospel even pulls things together. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're entered from a blinded eyes, and I will tell you that it will take a God to open your eyes. He has to come and open the eyes of the lost so you can see that he is alive and that he exists. Embrace that gospel. Some of us say, I don't want it. I like darkness better than light, I'm not going to embrace that gospel. But embracing that gospel will open up your eyes to a point where you have a God that loves you so much. They died and he rose on your behalf. First thing you do to walk in life is embrace the gospel if you haven't, and if you've embraced the gospel, don't embrace the gospel and be rid of it. Embrace the gospel and let it thrive in your life. Think about it. Think of what you did. Be transformed by it. Hang on to it. It should be the one thing that we're always thinking about. It should be the one sermon that you preach to yourself constantly every day. The gospel carries extreme amount of power to light you up. First thing. Next thing, seek God. Those who seek God will find him. You want to get your light lit up? You want to get your life lit up? What do you do? Seek God. Read the word. Hear the comments. Read the word every day. Don't go through a day without reading the Bible. Open up the Bible every day because when you receive the gospel, you're opened up into a new world. And literally to read the word gives us an understanding of what is going on. The word, you don't read the word. The re- the word actually reads you. I heard that quote from somewhere. The Word reads you. You get to know yourself when you start reading the Bible. You get to understand yourself when you start reading the Bible. You want to understand yourself, therefore go to the Bible because that's where you'll find it. Meditate on Scripture. Worship constantly. Be in private prayer. Be in corporate prayer. And stay away from sin. If you want to walk in the light, staying away from sin is something that you need to do. Pastors don't even like talking about sin. And the reason why is because I don't know, talk about sin. That's a negative, that's an absolutely negative thing. Well, next week, get ready because we're going to talk a lot about sin. But why are we going to talk a lot about sin? Because if you want to shut your light out, bring sin into your life. Feed on sin. Never forget one time. I don't know why this one time just sticks in my mind. My daughter was probably like three or four years old. And, um, and she's three or four years old. She did something she wasn't supposed to do. I raised my voice at her, and I said, "You, whatever it was, knock it off, or whatever it was." And I looked at her, and her face just all of a sudden went pale and flat, like I can't believe Dad just did that. (laughs) And do you know what I thought? I just took the light out of her. And if I take the light out of her, I just took the life out of her. What was it? My sin does what? Takes the light even out of others. She needed to see somebody who was alive, who was a dad who is alive, but if I choose to sin, consistently sin, consistently be angry even at her, she, her heart is going to have to get hard for her to exist in my home if I choose to keep doing that. Do you see what sin does? It shuts the light out. It shuts the light out of you. It shuts the life out of you. Anger, greed, hate, malice, unforgiveness, all those things are designed to, what, shut the life out of you. You see how it works when you walk into the kingdom of Darkness into the kingdom of light, God says, hey, don't do this. There's a reason why he says it. He loves you and he loves others. So if you want to light your, your light up, your life up, embrace salvation, seek God, read the word, meditate on scripture, worship constantly, be in private prayer, be in corporate prayer, stay away from sin because every time you do this, you're bringing illumination, joy, and strength into your life. Embracing salvation, illumination, joy, strength, seek God, illumination, joy, strength. You see how Feeding on the Word of God and worshiping brings it and lights you up, lights up your life. Number six. Oh no, I don't want to. I want to. I want to stay on this for one more second because I tell you, it's a fun piece to stay up. Fellowship with God lights you up, in one of the best passages in the Bible. That is just my verse. I just, just love the verse. Is Acts fourteen? Is Acts four thirteen? And it says, "Now as they observed confidence." Of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and begin to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Here you have the disciples they're being observed by the world they're being observed by the people and what's the observation that they had first? These guys are idiots they're uneducated and they're untrained they're unexperienced, and they 're changing the world. They're changing the world. They're overthrowing the Roman governor. In fact, the whole world's been changed because of these people. What people? Uneducated, untrained men. But at the bottom, okay, now we figured it all out, why they're changing the world. And what's a simple statement? Because they've been hanging out with Jesus. Jesus has been hanging out with Jesus. They've been hanging out with the light and when they hang out with the light, it lights them up to the point to change the world. And when we hang out with the light, just hanging out with the light, bracing, seeking God, private prayer, when we're hanging out with the light, what's going to take place in our life? We're going to be lit up to the point of changing our family, to the point of changing our work environment, to the point of changing the world around us. If there was a challenge that said, well, what do I do now? I, I'm a Christian. First thing to do is not do anything yet except meet with God. That's it, because his light's what's going to make a difference, not your light, but his light living in you is going to make a difference. John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Many people view their Christianity in two steps, embrace God and then work for him. The two steps of Christianity is embrace God and he does a work in you. And your world has changed as a result. Embrace God and He will do a work through you. How important is it to read the Bible? How important is it to pray? How important is it to worship? It's completely essential. Five. Next thing. Walking in the light is walking in such a way that puts life in others. I feel like every week I preach the same sermon. And the reason why I feel like I preach a sermon, the same sermon every week is I always talk about this gospel. <laughs> it's an awesome, beautiful gospel. And there's a sin dynamic that gets thrown in there, um, you know, every once in a while as well. But we always end up on this one point. Love God and love others. Have fellowship with God and have fellowship with others. It's the exact same thing that the passage is saying. It says, if we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Love God and what? Love others, And according to Matthew, you'll take care of the entire law that doesn't take place. So walking in light is walking in such a way that puts life into others. What does that mean? Well, if you really want to light somebody up, you can't keep the gospel concealed. You cannot keep the gospel concealed if it is the source. In fact, a Christian that has embraced the gospel, is fueled by the gospel, is in love with the gospel, and knows what comes with the gospel, can't keep his mouth shut can't keep her mouth shut share the gospel it is life love unconditional do not let sin enslave you remember how it destroys remember how it ruins remember the destruction don't be addicted to it don't be enslaved by it don't be ruled by it forgive serve sacrifice and be kind walking in the light is walking in such a way that puts life in you and walking in the light is walking in such a way. That puts life in others. John eight twelve says this. This is Jesus speaking. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Matthew five fourteen says, You are the light of the world. You see how the kingdom is working? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it unto a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let their light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds, your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In closing, just to give you a summary. If you have received Christ as your Savior, you have moved into a new kingdom. You moved out of darkness and you moved into light. And if you want to light your light up inside of this kingdom, have fellowship with Him. Have fellowship with Him. It will light your light up. It will light your life up. And then if you want to light your light up or light others light up is the next way to walk in the, walk in the light is light others lights up by letting Christ love By letting Christ's love in you will shine to a lost world who is in darkness and be able to see the truth that you possess. And that is how people respond. Not by looking at you, not by looking at your gifts, but by looking at somebody who has hung out with Jesus and as a result, that person has been changed from the inside out. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you are the light of the world. And God, your commands and your directions um, to us is to have fellowship with you. God, I just think of the commands that you give us, God, are not too hard. They're not too hard. But God, they are just simple statements of love you as the first commandment. Love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. I just pray for every person in this room, and me as well, God, that we will have fellowship with you, that we'll set goals, that we have it in our mind, and have appointments, God, with you, and talk with you, God, all the way through the day, because we live in a dark world, and it needs a light, and that light will come, God, in regards to our fellowship with you. God, we just thank you for your goodness and your blessedness to us. In Christ's name, amen.